Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into another episode of underground sports philadelphia it is episode number 566 presented by the city of vineland it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios we got a lot to dive into it's our nfl season preview episode we've got the fight and fills to talk about and uh the sixers are, are trying to appease to the the fans by bringing back uh, an old pal and somebody that Joel Embiid likes. I wonder why. Um, we'll get into all that. We'll get into the union as well. Uh, and we have our official Survivor 45 cast list dropped today uh, from Entertainment Weekly. So we'll we'll do a little pre-check there. Um, but before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. And if you know what, if you want to watch every Wednesday show live before it goes anywhere else, it's twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castro. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you decide to get your podcast. Leave a five star rating and review goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow, helps our network as a whole continue to grow. Uh, and leaving those reviews is just, you know, lets us know you're listening. So go leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. Eagles Enemies returns this week. Guzman's Gridiron has been a wild success. Two episodes, three episodes in. Uh, a new one dropping as well this week uh, to get ready for Clearview. Plus, every show on our network is doing phenomenal on YouTube right now. So keep that coming. We're at 540 subscribers on YouTube right now. Need to get to 600 before the end of the month. So let's make that happen. We're slowly but surely on our way. Uh, go subscribe youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. And of course this podcast is presented by the city of Vineland and the city of Vineland municipal calendar features city organized city sponsored and city affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government and participate in local events. You can also follow the city of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages through these tools. You can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season and of course, big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, man? Living the dream. It is, uh, you know, full swing for the fight and fills. They are 
trying to keep a, a firm grasp on that top wild card spot. And uh, it's all brought to you by our pals over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the all-new and improved Kenny Finder, see who's got Kenny's on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and soon-to-be Maryland area. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly and stock up on the Kenny's for what should be a very fun Red October Phil's getting the job done as we speak right now against the Padres. Hopefully that you know holds true, but Chicago Cubs aren't going down without a fight. Yeah, they're uh, they're hanging around. Um, that's fine. I did see Sandy Alcantara went on the 15-day uh, IL for the Marlins. It's a tough loss for the last few weeks of the season, but just continues to duck the Phillies. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, probably for his own own mental health uh, that that he does that. Yeah. Cubs, uh, like we said, you they made a bet on themselves at the All-Star break that they felt they could be competitive still. Um, I mean, they're still even competitive in their division. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not completely out of the, the question for them. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously, like like you said, we've maintained our position at the top, but, you know, it, it's still uh, not fully in our control. Playoffs seem like a, a – not again, certainty is not the word, but um, likely mm-hmm. for the Phillies. It, it is, like you said, just a matter of, of where we end up in, in seeding. And you'd obviously like to have a uh, a home series guaranteed. That'd be a great thing. And that's what made the Brewers series so tough. You know, you go in and that's a, a potential playoff matchup, um, a team that you could end up seeing down the line. And to to kind of lay a goose egg like you did, you salvage <laughs> the series in the final game, but not the best performance from uh, the fight in Phil's against the Brewers. Did, <laughs> I just did a little <laughs> Phillies impression <coughs> by choking. That's JT at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he did uh, just hit the gate on upstairs and uh, heard him. Uh, he did have a hit today. He so loves the road games. Um, but, I mean, to to lose two out of three to Milwaukee um, and then have to, you know, come out and play a, a Padres team that even though they're they're still, like, hovering around, but it doesn't seem likely that they're going to make the playoffs, they're not going to go down without a fight. And, um, obviously, there's the, the postseason mini rivalry that happened last year between these two teams, so that's always going to – be around but Philly's got to be more consistent I'm just saying you know going into last night and then the result Bryce you can't shave your face pal yeah I I don't want to be the Yankees here but uh maybe maybe don't mess with the mojo the I know you were on like an 0 for 19 in September but like you look a decade older without the beard we we gotta we gotta let keep people who adjust any type of hair on Bryce's head away from him for good there's no need for him to cut his hair no need for him to shave stop looking older Bryce um Johan Rojas though named one of the uh defensive players of the month in August which is uh pretty exciting um but I mean Phillies have big time series the next two series that they have coming up Marlins coming into town Braves coming into town for four those are going to be real you know litmus tests of where you are as a, a team heading into the postseason, you got to figure out the bullpen and guys got to be able to hit on a more consistent basis than they have. You can't just, you know, expend all your runs in one night and then go cold. You got to be more consistent, especially if you wind up playing the Cubs, because that team all year long, even though, you know, their pitching has been up and down, they've been able to hit. They have a plus 101 run differential. And like you said, they bet on themselves and they're in a position to to be one of the top two wild card spots. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and we talked a lot about how August was a, a very favorable schedule to the Phillies and that September proposes a, a few more challenges. You do get uh, a few more Mets series, uh, and they've obviously really struggled down the stretch. That could be a huge boost for the Phillies, especially if they close out uh, the season against the Mets. You know, you're talking about, you know, again, if you need to win two out of three to guarantee yourself the top wild card, you feel better about that against the Mets than you would a lot of other opponents. So that's that's the good part of it. Um, I trust that they'll they'll continue to be good. I don't think the Cubs are uh, gonna <laughs> win out the rest of the year. We do. We talked about this. We do also have the tiebreaker over them. Yes. As well, of course. So that's you know, that. That's a nice thing to kind of have in your back pocket, and that was kind of the good part about the Phillies' performance this year is um, against quite a few of the wild card teams. We do have the the, the advantage over, um, so that gives you just a little extra buffer, uh, which is not too bad, I, I would say. I think uh, that's a nice spot to find yourself in. So I don't foresee the Cubs. You know what? You know they, they'd have to to go well above five hundred probably. Which might be possible looking at their we did, schedule. We did look. I do also remember looking at their schedule and thinking, eh, it's they've not got, great. They've got the Diamondbacks at home. Then they go to Colorado, uh, which could be favorable for them as well with how they've been able to hit. Then they go to Arizona. Then they have the Pirates come in. Then the Rockies go to Chicago. And then they finish up at Atlanta and then at Milwaukee, which, like we said, I think last week could be for the NL Central crown and depending, you know, determines who is one of the wild card teams and who is winning that division. Yeah. So it's going to be a kind of a, I don't know if it's going to be like a photo finish, but you know, I, I do think that's the, uh, the, the really tight race uh, in the wild card, especially, you know, um, obviously you still have teams competing for the, those last spots, but in terms of the Phillies, I, I would say that's, that's really all you're thinking about now is just getting uh, that, that first spot. But yeah, Diamondbacks have a lot to play for mm-hmm. in that series against the Cubs. That's a good thing. You know, you want um, and any, multiple yeah, series there with a, them. Any inspired games you can get there is a, is a positive. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really Reds, Marlins, Diamondbacks all for that yeah, last spot. The Giants, spot. The Giants dead. they got swept by the Cubs this week. Yeah, it's a tough. That's a tough. I mean, two and a half back is not a death sentence, but again, you know, you just think of what you're going to have to do. When Gabe Kapler's your manager. That is where it gets challenging. <laughs> but, you know, you just think of what you have to do to make up that ground. You know, two and a half right. doesn't sound insane, but we're also we got three weeks left in the season, you know? Like, making three games up is not not the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we got what, like 19, 20 games left in the season at this point for, for most teams? Yeah. Like, I don't know. You gotta, you'd have to guarantee yourself, what, getting 13 wins? To, to feel good about that, making up that kind of gap for the most part, because most teams are playing slightly above 500. I don't know. I just I think that's that's a tough spot. Phillies do get the job done. They win five to one. Um, have you seen this TikTok? I saw uh, absolutely hammered tweeted it out. It might be one of the best overall Phillies videos I've ever seen. Um, someone posted asking my four year old daughter and biggest Phillies fan to name the Phillies players. Um, I've laughed a hundred times at this video.
<laughs> Might be one of the best videos. This is an easy one. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. It. It's cool. It's cool to see stuff like that, you know? That's uh we were talking about how the Phillies have been terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's nice that uh it's nice that you got that still, you know. That's a, that's a good thing about being good again is uh it's fun for for younger fans too. So Phillies now two up in the loss column on the Cubs, one up in the win column. Um good to get back in the win side of things. Um 77 and 62 on the year. I think the biggest thing is just figuring out one do you need to skip Michael Lorenzen in the rotation? It feels like, you know, those first two starts, obviously, he goes eight innings against the Marlins. Then he has the no-hitter, and then it's been a, a wild roller coaster for him um, with just, you know, baseballs flying out of the ballpark and runs being scored on him. It does feel like he's kind of hitting just a wall, and I think, you know, from the time he pitched in Detroit this year along with two very long outings uh, in his first two Philly starts, it might be just a little general fatigue. And, you know, you have the arms right now where I think you can get away with it. Uh, would you rest Michael Lorenz in one rotation start? I, I think rest could do good. Um, but you never know, like, what, what guys are like uh, when you're having, like, an actual conversation with them and what that might do to confidence and things like that. You know, they're, they're going to have a better informed decision than I would. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been disappointing to see his kind of – hit a little turbulence but if you know Taiwan Walker has told us anything is that you can struggle a little bit and, and find your way through the course of the season um yeah I, I think obviously not uh again not the best results but we've seen what he can do and and this was his reputation coming to the Phillies mm -hmm. too it, it was not that he was some listen when he hit through the no hitter that was uh that was pretty surprising uh, all things considered uh he was considered a good pitcher I think when we acquired him everyone was kind of thinking, great this is a great fourth fifth option going to give some some depth on the back end. No one is expecting this guy to come in and um, you know be a, a Wheeler Nola kind of compliment. Uh, it was it was definitely much more of a rotational option, and that's what he's been so far. Mm -hmm. And this is just what a fourth or fifth starter will do for you. Sometimes is uh, you know will give you some of those low floor games, and that that is frustrating. But um, I don't, I'm not ringing like alarm bells about it. You know. Yeah. Um, speaking of Aaron Nola, uh, David Paladry or Pallardy on uh, Twitter, he may have uh, discovered what's wrong with Aaron Nola this season. Um, his fly ball rate by pitch type this season, uh, Nola's cutter has a high fly ball rate, and its introduction coincided with his four-seam fastball percentage skyrocketing as well. Wonder if the two pitches aren't uh, playing well off each other or if there's something else going on. And then John Stolen this quote tweeted. So from 2016 to 2020, Aaron Nola's ground ball rate was 55.2%, 49.8%, 50.6%, 49 49.7%, and 49.7%. He was a ground ball machine. And then the last three years, 2021, 40.5%, 2022, 43.5%. And then this year, also at 45, uh, 40.5%. And 2021 is when he introduced his cutter. He now throws it 8% of the time, which is up 6.5% from last year and 1.6% in 2021. The velocity on all of his pitches is the same and throwing his changeup uh, just 11.7% of the time, which is a career low. Uh, kind of feels like Aaron Nola's cutter being coupled with a four-seam fastball. It feels like hitters have been able to just kind of sit on that and wait for it, and that's why he's giving up all these home runs. 
Yeah, and that that's been really I I think Noel's always, we we've talked about Noel's always had a little bit of self destruct button on him. Uh, you know, for being a, a great pitcher, like he does have these moments where it's like, man, the 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 floor really falls out from him uh, sometimes. Um, so yeah, I I don't know if that's a conversation that Phillies are having with like that to me seems intentional. That mm-hmm. that, that very much seems like a a planned process, and I would imagine that the Phillies are a part of that conversation. I don't know what they're seeing that we're not. Um, but based off that, I would say that's a slight concern of mine. But Nola's still been good. I, I think, again, he hasn't been as consistent as you, you'd like him to be. Um, and I do think, obviously, there's big decisions to be made this offseason, but I, I don't think he's... Uh, I think that's what's heightening it a lot, too. Like, he's had his moments, but he's also had those moments where it's like, Nola, like, yeah, that, you got to get it together. That's been, the, that's been the frustrating thing with him, really, going back outside of his, like first two seasons i you know i i feel like that's a young year in what 2018 yeah and then even last year like he was fantastic right i I think the the microscope has always been a little more zoomed in on him as well than i would say a lot of other phillies for whatever reason i i don't know why that is but um he's always been someone that i think has picked up good and bad criticism and feedback more than does feel like the homegrown guys tend to get that between nola Boehm, obviously, because you see them from Reese Hoskins. You see them start at such a young age, and you know you're kind of, especially too when you have them in your farm system. You have the expect your expectation of them from when they're like nineteen, twenty mm-hmm. years old. You know of, of what you think they can be, and um, you know weighted against how they actually perform because usually those things don't meet up uh, on a, on a line graph the way you want them to. Yeah, so hopefully the Phillies. Uh, can keep things going uh, against the Marlins, who, you know, looking for back-to-back seasons of a winning record against the Marlins uh, for the first time in probably a decade or so. Uh, they're coming to town this weekend, and then the Braves are in for four because um, there's a doubleheader on Monday. Um, so we'll see. Also hilarious that uh, Trey Turner placed on paternity list exactly nine months after signing his 11-year, $300 million contract. Nice. Congrats on the celebratory sex, Trey. Yeah. <laughs> MLB Trade Rumors quote tweeted their own tweet of uh, the announcement. It's like, Trey Turner, a police on paternity list exactly nine months after this. <laughs> You'd love to see it. Um, let's get to the run differentials across the league. Looking at the National League, obviously, with the NL East, like we always do. Um, the Atlanta Braves at 90-47. and 47. They have a whopping 795 runs scored for a plus 235 run differential. Your Philadelphia Phillies at 77-62 and 62 have a plus 69. Nice. Shout out Trey Turner. Uh, run differential, they've scored 678 runs, given up 609 the 71 and 67 Miami Marlins who have scored the fewest runs in the division still only in the 500s at 565 they have a negative 41 run differential the New York Mets at 64 and 74 um, they've officially been eliminated from playoff contention it's a beast it's hilarious uh they don't worry just... jet season right around the corner <laughs> or giants which one is it i i know the bandwagon is tough to keep track either, of. It's like I mean, dimes, double checks. It's, you know, 
it's hard to keep track. It's like the subway in New York. You know, it's like you're not totally sure, a little apprehensive. Just walk down the stairs and see what's up, you know. Let us know your favorite color. Green, blue. Which one are you rocking? Puke with? orange. <laughs> Man, it's, could be, I got to tell you, could be a tough fall. A lot of expectation, honestly, on both New York teams. Yes. Yankees and Mets sucked. A lot of frustration there. I, I know people talk about the vibes being high at Jet Life on uh, on Monday. I got to tell you, that if that goes south, I don't know. Especially in prime time, Monday night against the Bills. And I'm not going to make the obvious joke, too, about what day that is. But, you know, it's been a lot of terrible days. <laughs> I'm just saying it could be a really. And there's a drive to left by Nick Castellanos. <laughs> I'm just saying you have you got the Cowboys Giants primetime Sunday, and then Bills Jets primetime Monday. After Yankees, might are Yankees out of playoff contention? Yes, I mean, they, they are. They are in all. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, everyone starts sorry, out. Sorry, oh, their elimination number is seven. Shout out. Let's shout out to George Costanza. Let's be real. They are. They're done. I'm just saying. You know, both New York teams start 0 and 1. Not great. <laughs> Jalen Brunson comes down on like his knee weird at the Olympics or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, like that's that's where this gets tough for New York. Uh, Mets have scored 608 runs, given up 639 for a negative 31 run differential, and then the stolen franchise, the Washington Nationals, 62 and 77, who absolutely just destroyed Steven Strasburg uh, to win a World Series, um, forcing him to retire. Uh, Nationals with a negative 124 run differential. Cubs are in second place with a plus 101 run differential in their division. Colorado Rockies at a negative 210 run differential. Matt, they've given up 821 runs. We're on 1K watch. I mean, we were... I don't know. You give up... You know, I, I don't think I don't think you get to 1K. I think it'd have to be, it'd have to be pretty crazy to get to 1K. It yeah. is pretty bad, though. They have now it's given tough. up more runs than the Oakland Athletics. That's tough. I mean, you'd have to give up, what, like 60 runs a week? I don't know. that They, they I are mean, playing the Cubs. I, I'm just – well, I, I sure hope not. <laughs> be really, For our sake. It'd actually be really cool if the Rockies turn this around. I, I'm willing to put Bryce Harper on record and rescind his comments <laughs> earlier in the season for that to, to, to make that happen. So, yeah, the Rockies uh, with the worst run differential in the National League and then at the American League side of things, uh, the Oakland A's at 43 and 97 have given up 815 runs, but they have a negative 300 run differential, the worst in all of baseball. Kansas City Royals have given up 747, the Chicago White Sox 728, and the LA Angels uh, who are using body doubles for Shohei Otani on picture day. Uh, have given up 716 runs after uh, just dismantling their entire roster. Uh, and like we mentioned, the Yankees, who are at an even Steven, 69 and 69, uh, have a negative one run differential on the year. Tampa Bay Rays with the best run differential in the American League at plus 186. It's going to be fun down the stretch. We got about a month left of the season. And we'll see who's uh, playing in October, but hopefully it's the Phils uh, hosting the wild card round and uh, painting the painting the town red, as Doja Cat once said. Uh, but that's our NL East and MLB run differentials there for you guys. Let's kick it to uh, the NFL, Matt. 
NFL. Back this week, we've got Thursday Night Football, Chiefs-Lions, the most random opening night game, I think, in quite some time. Um, Lions got a, a lot of hype, so I, I see I see the vision. I, I don't remember the last time. It might have been 2018 when the Eagles did, the last time that uh, season didn't open with both Super Bowl teams playing on the Thursday night. Uh, no, last year. Last year, too? Uh, it was Bills-Rams last That's year. That's right. Bills-Rams. I think it's like they switched it to now it's just like the Super Bowl team gets the uh, gets the host and they give them kind of either a, a juicy matchup or something. You know, like they, they rig it a little bit. They say it's a computer that does this stuff, but come on. Sure, sure. Uh, the NFL is back, though. The Eagles will be at Gillette Stadium on good old Tom Brady Day playing against the Patriots. And uh, it's it feels like football season, but also not. Probably Obviously just feels like July outside. <laughs> it still feels beautiful, summertime weather. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're fortunate enough that we have good baseball to uh, pay attention to. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it pretty much all offseason. The Eagles arguably got better via the draft, via free agency. And it does feel like the NFC still kind of is the Eagles to lose. Yeah. I think uh, really the only way that the Eagles go down and this is the likely option here is just by regression they were incredibly healthy last year um with 22 starters made it to the super bowl that's just obscene like you're just you're not going to get that kind of injury luck again um although i was was reading apparently they hired um a lot of the people from the rams they're like athletic and health like scientist people over the last i think last year actually was their first year in philly maybe that coincides maybe there's some like better practices going on who knows but again just so unlikely that you uh you get that kind of health luck um obviously there's the question of losing both your uh coordinators now Jonathan Gannon is not the best Do you have that fire in your gut Matt it's just that's tough that's really <laughs> did really you tough. take the bus to get here <laughs> I just um but you know Shane Steichen I think is a, a legitimate yes. uh hole to fill and, and right now it's just a question mark I trust that the Eagles are making good decisions but you know you can make a good decision. Something still not work out for you defensively. I think probably end up good, but mm-hmm. again, who knows? You know, and I think also Darius Slay and Bradbury, they were good last year. Uh, I'll tell you this, the list of like 30 plus aged cornerbacks who play a full season is like three guys. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, it just, again, I think in, injuries will probably be an issue for the Eagles this year in a way that they just weren't last season. Uh, but all that said, I still expect this team to be obviously a playoff team. And if they're healthy in a, in a real sense in uh, come to playoff time, like I see no reason why they can't be back in an NFC championship game um, in a Super Bowl again. Like, I think that's totally doable for them, but are they going to go 13 wins, 14 wins? Probably not. I think this, I feel much stronger about like the 10, 11 range mm-hmm. could top out at 12, but the NFC, like you said, is largely open. There's really it's it's kind of the same three teams I felt last year, and that Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers for the regular season at least are going to be the teams that probably end up leading the pack here. Eagles named their captains uh, on Tuesday, headlined obviously by Jalen Hurts. The core four back as captains, that being Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, and Lane Johnson. Darius Slay named a captain. Jake Elliott, your special teams captain. And then I think both new to the captainship this year, if I'm not mistaken, um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. 
the Batman get named captains. Um, I love that Devonte Smith gets named a captain because it kind of just shows you the respect that he's had since the Eagles drafted him, and he's kind of just come into his own year after year and has gotten better and better. Um, and you know the the fake media story of trying to have the fans pit. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith against each other that came out of nowhere was hilarious, and now they're both named captains. Yeah, it's a that's a good sign, too, when your best players are also your best leaders. Like, that uh, that doesn't make a difference when you have guys that are the best of their position, not just on your team, but across the league, uh, that they're coming in and putting in the effort. Like, that does set a tone. It's cliche, but it, it does. Um, I know I said the 49ers are a favorite. I'm rolling out a take here. Here's my take. I think the Packers can be very good this year. And I think we have this tendency, like Kyle Shanahan gets throated a lot. I'm yes. going to be honest. And listen, like Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. I'm not, that's not what I'm debating here. Now, listen, Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Packers, has had, I, I would say, the the help of having Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Like anytime you have a, a great quarterback, obviously that's going to help the win column. That doesn't help every coach, though. Okay, just it just doesn't. Matt, Matt Lafleur is forty-seven and nineteen as a head coach in the NFL. That's obscene. Mm-hmm. Again, the caveat being that he has has had Aaron Rodgers for that, but also all I've heard is that Aaron Rodgers is washed and that he wasn't good, even though he has two of the last three MVPs. So you just tell me, I don't know. College hand in fifty-two and forty-six. All I'm gonna say is this: people have been penciling in the 49ers a lot. I just did it. We have a tendency to do that with this team. Brock Purdy is <laughs> the literal last pick of the draft coming off of a UCL injury, and his backup is Sam Darnold, and they traded away. By the way, the team that spent all offseason crying and pissing their pants about third quarterbacks, and they give away their third quarterback for money reasons, I guess. I thought San Francisco was loaded. Um, they just give him away. I'm just saying. As good as Kyle Shanahan has, be, has been, as good as these 49ers have been, it's really a 50-50 with this team. They've not been a team that every single year is 13-4, 13-3, 12-4-whatever. Mm-hmm. There's been quite a few years, and these have been injury years, but that is a potential for especially these 49ers team, which is very dependent on some like key like areas. And there's been seasons where this team just implodes. And hasn't been good at all and has been irrelevant. Their top four playmakers are some of the most injury-prone players in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. And I can't stress this enough. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft and is coming off a UCL injury. I just, I I think it's, I'm just going to say, I won't be shocked if this team has like eight wins. And that they if they really underperform. Now, the, the thing that helps them the most, division is cake at the bottom you have the rams and cardinals those are four wins you get like at worst three if you have like a a terrible day but you you're getting four wins off of that you're already you know they don't have an easy schedule either. they also have kyle they have the worst rest advantage out of everyone in the nfl that shit matters like that matters it matters when you're playing teams that are coming off of buys or you played on on a a monday night that team was playing on sunday afternoon like that stuff matters in the long run you know as you get to to the edge of the season and that is the stuff too 
Typically, you see defensive performance fall off when you have rest disadvantages like that. And this is a team that I expect. That also, by the way, everyone can't shut up about the Eagles losing coordinators. Lost Amico Ryans as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. This is a team that in the past has definitely made that adjustment. I, you know, I, Again, I'm going to give them the same credit I give the Eagles. I trust them to make a smart choice. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, and that happens. No guarantee that this defense is top three again. They just re-signed Nick Bosa today. He hadn't been practicing all summer with the team. I think that matters. I, w- I was reading, there was an article, I can't remember the player that was talking, but it was an ex-player talking about when Nick Bosa was still having his like, contract dispute with the team. I guess it wasn't really even a dispute. They were just trying to find the middle ground, whatever. Apparently, it was a very amicable holdout, whatever that means. It's good to know he wasn't holding out uh, in solidarity of uh, Donald Trump being in jail. <laughs> well, you know, he just really wants uh, Enrique Terrio, uh, that <laughs> sentence really knocked down. Him and... <laughs> Him and Joey both are just really <laughs> upset. Uh, it's been a, it's been a really rough last uh, few days for the uh, for the Proud Boys and for yeah. I saw his of, Instagram story uh, when when Trump's mugshot was put up. It said "Free Blood." <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was an ex-player talking about whatever you know, like you don't really need to practice like when you're at that level, especially like defensive line. Like you can kind of like work away, but. Conditioning matters. He said mm-hmm. it takes – it would always – again, I can't remember the player that was talking about it, but he said it would always take him at least three weeks of practice, of training camp, whatever, to feel like game ready, like game speed ready, like you could actually play a game and not like feel like really fatigued throughout. I'm sure he's been keeping in good shape, but there's no replica for that. It's why, you know, even some of the, the veteran starters still play a quarter of preseason game because mm-hmm. it's just – you need those reps. I think that I, – I just – I don't know. There's, there's a lot to like about the 49ers. I think they also have a little bit of a glass jaw that people – you can pick a lot of holes in, in a lot of teams. I, I just think we have a tendency to really overlook the blemishes with the 49ers. And that – again, I can't stress this enough. I just – I can't stress it enough that this team is very dependent on Brock Purdy, a man who if you asked even the most NFL sicko this time last year would have no clue who Brock Purdy is. No clue. He was literally Mr. Irrelevant. He tore his UCL. Nobody knew who Brock Purdy was until even midway through last year. Right. No one knew who he was when he started. <laughs> no one had any clue who this guy was. I mean, I, I, all I'm saying is I could just see this going bad for the Jimmy players. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't walking through that door. The, the good thing for them is, like I said, their division's easy, and the NFC as a whole is, is really, I, I don't think, super competitive. I think there are good teams. I I I feel that if Jordan Love is an average quarterback, if he gives you a Geno Smith performance, I think I think people are very very much sleeping on the Packers because Lions are getting a lot of hype in that division. I think the Vikings could be like decent again this year, but I, and and the Bears are getting like the mystique love, you mm-hmm. know, of like well, let's see what Justin Fields is, and they made all the you know they got DJ Moore, and like there's there's a lot of like intrigue, and no one seems to want to talk about the Packers. I don't know why, but. That's my that's my two cents. I think. Yeah, looking at the 49ers schedule too, they start on the road on the East Coast against the Steelers. Uh, they have the entire NFC East on their schedule, so Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. Um, they got to go to Cleveland, to Minnesota. They host the Bengals. They go to Jacksonville. Um, they got they obviously have the Seahawks twice in their division. Uh, they host the Ravens. Like that's that's not an easy schedule. Not an easy all. schedule. And again, all of that was with rest disadvantage. I I don't know. And with Brock Purdy, maybe. Have those and games or you Sam Darnold. 
I, I, it's just when, like, when do we just say, hold on, like, this is a little much, okay? Do I do we think Brock Purdy's? He went seven and zero last year. One, do we think that's really Brock Purdy's level? Two, do we think that had nothing to do with maybe I don't know Christian McCaffrey ending up on the team? I don't know, maybe. Might also, have been. maybe you know D'Amico Ryan's knowing how to scheme a defense maybe. the way he does. Who knows? I don't know. I th- I just I I feel like they could have a a worse regular season. I think people are writing them in for that's all. That's all. I just want to put it. I just wanted to put that on record. We uh we're gonna do what we always do. We're gonna predict uh records, division winners, all that good stuff. And it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. There's no doubt in our minds, guys. You know when you're getting ready to go down to the link on Thursday night football for a season opener, when you're going to your favorite bars, hanging out with your friends and family, watching the Eagles, watching the Phillies, uh, you're going to stand out in the crowd with PHI Apparel Company with their unique designs uh, made for everybody. You're going to be the talk of the entire function with your merch from PHI Apparel Company. Plus, you can get Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch from them as they are our exclusive merch partners. Go to phiapparel.co, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off at any point during the season, anytime, you know, 365 days a year. Uh, and then I believe through opening day. Um, yes, now through the season opener, you get 20% off all Eagles gear with code GOBIRDS at checkout at phiapparel.co. So now through the season opener, go to phiapparel.co and you want 20% off all Eagles merch. Go to phiapparel.co, use code GOBIRDS to get your Eagles merch for the season. Matt, we'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles and their schedule and uh, looking at things. You know, obviously we don't expect another 14-3 and season, um, but there's a lot of good with this Eagles schedule, I think, across the board. First things first, you start off at Gillette Stadium. With that new giant big screen that I got to see in person this past weekend, it is gigantic. Um, going to play the Patriots on Tom Brady Celebration Day. Uh, Mac Jones, really? That here's people always talk about like the uh, the energy and the climate of the game. I I think more often than not, there's a little bit of like energy expelled. In like these big pregame award things, I know we've experienced that as Sixers fans, mm-hmm. where you have like someone really awesome come out and ring the bell, or like Joel Embiid gets his MVP trophy. You know, like it's just somebody banging the drum at a Union game. Yeah, like it. It just, I think sometimes you kind of it, it get, the energy like peaks a little too early, and and that could be it. I I think I think the the Eagles, if we're being a Frank, are a better team, but. Always a always a tough opponent. You know that defense is always going to be good too. I think that's always going to be the challenge. But mobile quarterbacks have been an issue for the Patriots. Like that has not been something I really any defense can adapt to. That's why they're such like game breakers. But um, you know you got to if you want the if you expect this team to be competing for a Super Bowl again, I, I think being able to go in New England and beat what is probably going to be a pretty average team, that's what you should be doing. Hundred percent. I think the Eagles will start one and zero. Uh, in their first of many 425 uh, time slot games. Then the home opener, short week, Thursday night football, way to chef the defending champs of the NFC. Uh, as the Minnesota Vikings come to town, um, maybe they'll put more things on the Rocky statue. I mean, Kirk Cousins in primetime? 
I'll welcome that any day of the week. Yeah. Um, he's aware of that, too. I watched the Netflix show. He's aware of the primetime Kirk uh, discourse. So, I think the Eagles will go out and uh, perform in front of the fans and get a, I think that, a strong win. Well, that should be 2-0. I think the Eagles' starting schedule is very pretty favorable. Yeah. Then you get the, uh, the mini-buy plus an extra day because uh, you go from Thursday night football to Monday night football the following week uh, down in Tampa to take on Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Well, Buccaneers. maybe. Could be Kyle Trask. That, too. <laughs> um, either way, I like the Eagles in this matchup as well. I think across the board they just are a, a superior team, um, and I think the Eagles' defense is going to be able to uh, handle that offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pretty well. I agree. Then, uh, so September, we have the Eagles collectively going 3-0. and um, Then you go to October, and you're hosting the new look, Joshua Harris-owned Washington Commanders. The Commanders don't scare me. No. Not at all. I think I think there's a lot of excitement around the team that it's mostly off the field related. I think on the field, pretty unproven Sam Howell and a defense that could be good. Now listen, one of the few teams beat the Eagles in the regular season <laughs> last year. Division games are always like that, but um I don't know. I think talking about a home game, it's a little different. But they've I I remember a few years ago season opener against uh Washington. I think I don't know if they were the football team yet or whatever, but I remember that being a, a, a pretty close game. So, you know, you never you never really know, yeah. but I, I, again, should be beating them. Then you move to uh, another 4.05 p.m. start out in L.A. Could potentially be an Eagles-Rams-Phillies-Dodgers doubleheader, potentially, going on at the same time. Nice little L.A. takeover in the works. Uh, but the Eagles go to SoFi Stadium to take on uh, – the corpse of Matthew Stafford, who can't connect with his teammates, uh, and the L.A. Rams. Who knows if Cooper Cup will be healthy by then. Uh, he's already been ruled out for week one. Uh, for anybody who's playing fantasy, go get your Cooper Cup replacements. Um, I think the Eagles can can handle the Rams for sure. They are kind of a shell of what they once were a couple years ago. They signed an insane amount of uh, undrafted free agents and rookies. That that team is uh, in a gap here. <laughs> I think they're they're, they're looking. Uh, they're doing a lot of in city scouting of <laughs> the uh, red shirt Rams of Caleb Williams. I think is uh... yeah. Depending on uh... <laughs> this whole season is just uh, <laughs> it's just Sean McVay like patting Matt Stafford saying like it's okay. You know we're gonna you're gonna make it through this. You know and it's like he's like signaling to someone to buy him like he's fucking done. <laughs> like he is toast. His his spine is like a saltine cracker that has been left in water. Like his arm is a noodle. As soon as you move that cup, that shit is disintegrating. Then uh, you come back east, and the Eagles take on the Hard Knocks darlings, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. This is where it gets tough. Should th- be an interesting game. I think you got to give the Eagles a loss somewhere in here. I just, I, I, not that it's necessarily this game. I just. You can always talk yourself into the game, be like, ah, they win. I think the Jets could be good. I think defensively, especially, be a very good team. Um, you know, we'll see. But I, I could be a loss here for sure. Eagles never lost the Jets in franchise history either. 
I would say that's because the Jets have been stinky for a very <laughs> long time, and they could be stinky again this year. Who knows? No guarantee of that. But do you think the Jets have uh, have potential to be a good again defensively? They're going to be good no matter what. Like it, I think the question mark is just um, what level can Aaron Rodgers play at, um, and I, I I think that could be a tough game. I think the Jets could be good this year. The big reason I have this as a win is the coaching chess match. I like Nick Sirianni over Robert Salah in this matchup. Oh, you don't like Nate Hackett? <laughs> you're saying? I don't think he can hack it. Uh, wow. So I'm going to take the Eagles to get a, a tough win. Like, it's going to be a win that they're going to have to earn, but I think they will get the win and keep that streak alive. Did you watch the Hard Knocks finale? I did not. Well, have you watched any Hard Knocks? I don't want to no. spoil it. Well, so Aaron Rodgers went on a, a monologue about so like, they show like the the footage of the practice field, and he's talking to, like a security guy. He's like, "Hey, you see that guy in the blue shirt? Like, bring him down." And he's like, oh, "That guy over there." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, he's an old friend." Um, <laughs> and so he's like talking about. He's like, "Yeah, um, it's like what, an old friend of mine. Like when I was in New York for the draft, uh, as like you know when I was like being drafted in the NFL, like." Uh, we became friends, became close. I stayed with him. Uh, we saw a UFO together. Uh, and he goes on this. Tom like, DeLong? Oh, dude. He goes on this. I'm telling you, it is great TV. It's like a four-minute, like, just clip of him ta- describing seeing this UFO and awesome stock footage of, like, the stars, you know, passing through. Just think of, like, a time lapse of, like, a starry sky with, like, meteors. And then they threw in some, like, post-production, like, flashes Survivor on the trees. Oh, it was beautiful and he's talking about he's like well i've done a lot of research about ufos you know and like uh, he, they said he said they heard like a siren going off he's like it was the nuclear power plant that's only you know uh nine Jesus. miles away he said you know that's where ufos uh, show up at is uh, by nuclear power plants which he's not wrong you know he's not wrong when he says that but it was beautiful to watch i mean just truly one of the minds of our generation i just i gotta tell you i'm leaning back in aaron Rodgers. i i think i think he's i don't know i think it's the ayahuasca or whatever i think he's got to get back on that if he wants to be back to MVP level. That's what he says did it for him. Yeah, he's still on. Did you see him at the U.S. Open? Good for Instagram, him. Uh, good for him. Watching his good pal, uh, Novak Djokovic, <laughs> and the uh, the sponsor on the uh, the court, he took a nice little red pen on Instagram and swiped it out because it was uh, Moderna. <laughs> he is just... <laughs> you know, he's, he's him. You know, he's just himself. <laughs> That's all he is. He's just Aaron Rodgers. Jesus Christ. Uh... Then the Eagles have Sunday night football in which it will be a travesty that your Miami Dolphins will not be wearing their throwback uniforms for this one. This is one of the Eagles throwback games, uh, but it's Eagles-Dolphins Sunday night football at the link. This, I think, is the biggest test uh, overall in the first half of the season for the Eagles. I think the Dolphins are going to be very good once again. I think they have... Uh, weapons on the offensive side of the ball that can do a lot of the things that the Eagles offensive weapons can do so this could be you know one of those track race type of games where somebody's gonna have to make a play on defense for either team Um, but Matt how do you see your Dolphins matching up against your Eagles I will say something I I talked about a little bit is just that Eagles cornerbacks are on the older side Um, still I think they can play at a high level I think the demands of a long season though catch up with you I just pray to not be the man that has to track Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle all game. Um, Dolphins are a little bit of a glass cannon, you know. Uh, things can go wrong. There's, there's a, it is a little bit of a Jenga tower that team, and so uh, two was a question mark. Right, he's going to be a question mark all season. But 
so is everyone in the NFL. <laughs> you know, like, Tua gets treated, I think, as, like, again, like, he's Matt Stafford and he has a spine made of, like, silly putty. Like, at the end of the day, like, anyone can get a concussion. And, by the way, you don't even have an actually have a concussion this year because they have these concussion spotters. I just want to remind everyone, there's going to be some some guy who gets pulled out of a game that's not allowed to come back in because some random dude with binoculars says he looks like he might be concussed. I don't know how we don't have a better system than that, but I'm just telling you, it's going to hurt someone this year. It's going to it's going to ruin a game at some point this season. But I think if the Dolphins are healthy for this game. It's a win. I just I I think offensively that team can blow a lot of teams away, and I think defensively they're going to be a lot better uh, too. Um, Vic Fangio in the building. I think there's a lot to like about the Dolphins. I think it's just a tough matchup. This is another one where. Um the Eagles are going to have to earn it. I think they will, and I think the home field advantage of potentially, you know, city buzzing once again, red October, along with Sunday night football, I think the Eagles get a high-scoring, uh, earned type of win and improve to 7-0 and on the year. Matt, you have them going 2-2 two and two in October to have them at 5-2 and two, uh, going into the final game of October. Uh, which I think we both will agree will be another win, so long as the guardrail doesn't fall down on Jalen Hurts once again as he exits the stadium uh, against Joshua Harris's Commanders. Yeah, I think uh, again, you never know with the division games, but I do think the Commanders are could be a little. They could be they could be frisky this year. You know, like a, in a similar vein as as last season. Uh, but I think again, if you're being, I mean, this could even be a new head coach here. This mm-hmm. could be the enemy. Uh, you know, calling the games at this point in the season. Who knows? So, I, I think you got to chalk them up. Then the final game before the bye week, first game of November, at home, four twenty-five could be. Once again, you know, Eagles Cowboys, Phillies World Series. Eagles Cowboys at home before the bye week. I will give the Eagles a win. I, I always just whenever we do this, I split the Eagles and Cowboys because that is typically how those things go so i will give the eagles the win at home you can already pencil me in for the eagles losing on the road to dallas it's usually it works out some way like that i have this one as the win and then you know we'll get to uh the one later on in the schedule but i think the eagles going to the bye week nine and oh um but i don't (laughs) i (laughs) don't put some money down on that (laughs) (laughs) i don't hate the two games that you picked as potential losses especially the dolphins one i think that's the toughest game uh on the front half of the schedule but then out of the bye week, it does not get easy because on November 20th, Monday Night Football, a Super Bowl 57 rematch, Eagles-Chiefs. This is where I think the first loss happens. Um, the Chiefs are, you know, they're the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And I think, you know, going to Arrowhead is one of the tougher stadiums to go play at. Um, so I'm going to chalk this one up as a loss. I will, I will give them a loss here as well. But Chiefs have... They've lost regular season games, you know. Like it's they're not, they're not invincible. You know they mm-hmm. lost uh, to both the Bills and the Bengals last year in the regular season. You know like they, they can drop. They're not. They're not. They're not going to go undefeated all the time. But yeah, I think it's a it's a tough it's a tough ask. I think if you were asking me to to make a big stake on it, I would say the Chiefs. Then the day that the world may end, following Thanksgiving, you can go to the ultimate tailgate. Eagles Bills at the link 4:25 p.m. Pray for every folding table in America. Um, this may be the tailgate to end all tailgates. 
It's going to be a fun game. Again, kind of similar to Eagles-Dolphins where Bills have a lot of weapons on offense. They have a quarterback who can sling the rock quite a bit, and they have a very good defense as well. Um, This is one of the tougher games, in my opinion, to kind of sift through. Yeah, I think um, for me, the Bills are a very good team. I think people have a lot of negative feelings about them simply because of the playoff loss that they had to the Bengals. Um, They did not lose a game, I think, by more than three points last season. Like, they were good last year. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of been a a race out of our mind. This was a 13-win team. Um, I'm going to rock with the Bills because, frankly, I'm I'm just rocking with the Bills in a lot of places this year. So, I'm going to give the the Bills the win. I, I just think they're a very good team. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very close game, but I think the Bills uh, could sneak it out, so I'll, I'll put this one as a loss as well. Before the big one, Brock Purdy. Maybe. <laughs> Sam Brock Darnold. Purdy, perhaps. Josh Johnson, even. Coming in to Philadelphia on December 3rd, um, where 49ers fans are too afraid to come to Philadelphia anymore. This one's a win, in my opinion. I, I think the Eagles, you know, have the better team overall, and I think they're going to want to stick it to the 49ers with a, a double bird, if you will, and uh, silence them once and for all. That If Brock Purdy's playing, look, he played, and it didn't change anything. Yeah, bracket up is up for me as well. Uh, so there is that. So in the month of November, uh, we have the Eagles going 2-2, two and two, respectively. Uh, and then December starts off with a win. We talked about it earlier. Cowboys, Eagles at home. The Eagles get the win on the road. Sunday night football. More than likely, they'll split. Um, would be very nice if the Eagles can win both, but we always try to chalk that up as kind of a split because one way or another, the Cowboys somehow find a way to win. Yeah, just the way it goes against division rivals. Then uh, December 17th, 425 start. West Coast at Seattle, Geno Smith and the new look Seahawks defense, the uh, Rashad Penny revenge game. Yeah, as it was. Um, we go Eagles here, but Seahawks could be a little, little frisky this year as well. You know, I think uh, caught people by surprise last year. This team's still very good. Made good draft picks. I think there's uh, there's good upside with them. I, I I would not say this is an easy win, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Eagles here. Then we celebrate the Lord's Day. Christmas Day, 4.30 p.m., Lincoln Financial Field, Danny Dimes and the New York Giants coming to Philly to take on the Birds. I will give the Eagles the win here as well. I'm also going to give this one a win. Um, Then we go to the final game of December on the final day of 2023. Nice little warm-up for your New Year's Eve festivities. Win. And by warm up, I mean the fire in your gut. If there's if there's anything other than a win, this is just a crime scene. <laughs> Give us the win against Jonathan Gannon and the uh, if he's even the coach by then. Yeah, if he's even the coach by then. Somebody freeze Ackerts. Um, so in December we have the Eagles uh, going four and one, and then one game in January, January seventh at the Meadowlands, taking on the Giants. I'll go with the win there as well. I think that that could be a game that also really means something. I think the Cowboys could probably be uh, in contention for the division. Um, it could be a game important to like seeding in, in the NFC. So 
I think the Eagles might actually have something to play for there too. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll get the the birds to win there as well. So Matt, you have the Eagles, even though uh, you know could be a drop off. You have the Eagles going three and zero in September, three and two in October, two and two in November, four and one in December, and one and zero in January. So that is five losses, so twelve and five. I think that's pretty reasonable for them. They could they could definitely do that. And uh, I have the Eagles repeating, going fourteen and three. We'll see. Which would be very nice. That's like a high ceiling for them, but you know, again, health is going to determine a lot. Yes, hundred percent. Um, and obviously, we hope that there's going to be more than just one win in the month of January for the Eagles. Um, looking at just every other division in the NFL, how do you see the divisional uh, standings kind of? shaking up uh across the league we'll start with the nfc do we think the eagles are uh repeating as division winners first nfc east division repeat winner since 2003 2004 it's tough to say i i think yes i think it really it does come between the eagles and dallas um i it, I, I say yes but i i think that's going to be very very close I, I think dallas could have a very similar you know uh win total as well i think they could be around the 12 13 mark um so, yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it to the Eagles, but I, I do think Dallas could win the division. Absolutely. The NFC West. You know what? I'm just I'm going to roll with the take. I'm just going to go with the Seahawks here. I'm I with just, you. I just think um, let's the 49ers absolutely can. But I can't also have talked about how they have a glass jaw, and that I think they could they could potentially be fraudulent this year and then say, well, they're going to steamroll the division. I, I think – it's going to come down to the games against the, the 49ers and Seahawks, I think. The Seahawks, mm-hmm. Seahawks are going to have to show that they can beat the 49ers, yes. um, which they, you know was was a struggle for them. Especially we all have that memory of the playoff game in our mind. But um, listen, I think it's it's doable. The NFC North. We're going Packers, baby. I just – I believe in them. I, I, just, I just really do. I, I think this team is good. I think they have talent. Can they put the talent together? I don't know. But I think they could surprise some people. I really do. I'm going to go with the Lions, the darling pick. I, I really like their offense, and I think they're just continuing to build defensively as well. Um, so I'm going to go with the the flashy pick and, and take the Lions to win that division. Um, then the NFC South, I feel like there's really only one answer, simply based on their schedule, and I don't know if you've seen their schedule, Matt. I'm going with the Saints. Oh, New Orleans has a cake schedule. The there. most ridiculous schedule. Yes. If we don't hear the same kind of takes we heard about the Eagles last year, about the Saints schedule this year, I I don't know what to say. The The Saints this year played the Titans, the Panthers, the Packers. Obviously, their division, so Bucks, Panthers, Falcons. Uh, they play the Patriots, the Texans, the Jaguars, Colts, Bears, Vikings, Lions, Giants, Rams, and then the their divisional games. Their toughest game may be the Jaguars. The best quarterback they're facing is Trevor Lawrence, and then it's like Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones. Like that is – those are their <laughs> toughest quarterback. Yeah. they're Just by strength of schedule, they should be winning this division. Atlanta could be sneaky, but um, New Orleans has such a, 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 a nice schedule set up for them. And this is just a team, too, that – just seems to hang around every year, mm-hmm. honestly. Like I, I, I think uh, I think they they could definitely uh, take out this division for sure. Looking at the AFC, the AFC East might be the most competitive division in football this year. 
I still have the Bills on top, um, but I think the Dolphins could be in the mix, and then we'll see what the Jets end up doing, but I think the Bills still win this division. The Jets, the opposite of the 49ers, have significant rest advantage, uh, especially down the stretch of the season. Could be important. Um, I really don't know how this AFC East is going to go. You could tell me any of the, the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets win. I think they'll all be good teams. I think they'll all, if not be in the playoffs, contending for the playoffs. Like I think this division could legitimately give you you know, obviously your, your division winner than two wild cards. I really think there, like, there is enough talent there. I'm going to roll with the Bills, though, just because they've had a hard schedule every year, and Josh Allen is just such an amazing quarterback that he's... I, I think he, he won't let you get below nine wins, whereas I don't think that's necessarily the case with Tua or Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. The AFC West, is it still Chiefs Kingdom, or will the kingdom fall? It's still Chiefs Kingdom. What are we doing here? Come on. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm not buying the Chargers. No. And uh, I think the Raiders are a sneaky pick to have the worst record in the NFL. I, I really think they could, that that place could be an absolute dumpster fire. Jimmy Garoppolo is like does not play more than like nine games in a season. They're, they're, I, I'm telling you, that place is ready to just, just crumble. To a black hole? The Raiders will be bad too, but... <laughs> Uh, the AFC North, another uh, interesting division, I think, with two and a half teams. Uh, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. I'm still rocking with Joe Burrow. I still think the Bengals have enough to, to get it done, but I think this will be a much more competitive division between Bengals, Ravens, and maybe the Steelers as well. Um, but I think the Bengals win the division. Yeah, this division I think could be a NFC East light from last year where – get three really good teams i think personally i want and think that the browns will be bad again yes. this year um i'm going with the ravens actually i just think there's there's a lot of excitement around that team maybe i'm just getting caught up in that whirlwind a lot of that's going to depend on lamar staying healthy but i think again you can win this division with 11 wins and the ravens have played the Bengals very well mm -hmm. the last few years almost beat them in the playoffs last year with tyler huntley it like that game was a little closer than I think people have in their imagination. Pro Bowl quarterback, Tyler Huntley. Right, exactly. When you have a Pro Bowl as a backup, that's pretty impressive. Um, actually, I just think there's a lot to like there. And, uh, you know, again, health is, is going to be a determining factor. But I think the Ravens have the juice. Did you also see Joe Burrow's quote this week that the Bengals are playing three Super Bowls this year? I love Joe Burrow. I Honestly, he's like one of my favorite like just players in the NFL. He's so goddamn cool. Like I just I like he's awesome. Um I think he's great. I, I it's me picking the Ravens is not me thinking the Bengals are going to be bad. I just think I think again that could be a division that really comes down to the Bengals and Ravens and and how they how, how they play each other in those games. Um and I I just think the Ravens might have the edge in in that. Who knows, but Joe Burrow's no joke in big games, that's for sure. He uh Joe Burrow's quote was uh very funny. He said, we're playing three Super Bowls this year. Chiefs in December, Chiefs in January, Eagles in February. Love the man. Uh, final division here, the AFC South. I mean, I think the Jaguars are leaps and bounds above every team in the division. Yeah, it's it's – I think the Titans could be a little sneaky here. I think we're, people might be writing them off a little too early. Um, again, this is a team Vrabel's a little bit like Mike Tomlin and that I, it's hard for me to imagine them going like lower than seven wins. And with this division, who knows, but, um, Jacksonville defensively, I have some question marks still, but offensively it should be a really strong team. Obviously I have 
Calvin Ridley now. Tank Bigsby getting a lot of hype. I'm going to roll with the Jags, but I'd say don't be surprised. Titans are, are winning this division, you know? Yeah, I, I like the Jaguars a lot this year. Um, so we're pretty much on the same page outside of two divisions where you have the Packers, I have the Lions, and then you have the Ravens, I have the Bengals. Um, I think if there's any year where we get a repeat of the Super Bowl from last year, it's this year more than anything. Um, what's your uh, your ultimate Super Bowl pick for Super Bowl 58? Well, we previewed a game already. Uh, I'm, I'm rolling with the Bills and Eagles. I just think uh, it's not very common uh, for teams to make it back to the Super Bowl after losing the Super Bowl the year prior. Um, if the Eagles do that, they would be the first team since the 90s Bills to do that. Um, I don't know what kind of emotional state <laughs> the, um, the, the tri-state area would be in. Uh, for that type of Super Bowl matchup. I think the Bills have the juice. And I, again, I, I think people are very quick to build teams up, very quick to, to break them down. I'm sure you'll see it with Joe Burrow and the Bengals over the next season too. Um, Josh Allen was like the darling and the, everyone was in on the Bills. And I just think last year was such an emotional roller coaster for them with DeMar Hamlin. I think mm-hmm. that you just can't discount what that – obviously that brings you closer as like people, but I think that they were um, an exhausted team. Also – no one talks about this. Brock Purdy's gotten way more. He's coming off of UCL. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen played half the season with a with a UCL issue last year. That I, I think again, we've just memory hold this. The dude probably shouldn't have been playing. Couldn't throw a, a check down anymore. Just had to launch the ball. Um, and before that injury, he was on pace for like fifty touchdowns. He was nuclear to start the season last year. I just, I think we've really counted the Bills out for. I, I don't know why. I, I, I get it's a tough division, tough conference. Totally, it's been a tough division and tough conference the last few years, and they've still won 12, 13 games, been competitive. I, I just, I think a lot of things could go right for them this year, and uh, this could be the year where maybe the pressure's off a little bit, and you know they kind of uh, have a little of a post hype sleeper here. I'm gonna say run it back. Uh, it's gonna be Chiefs Eagles. I think it would be extremely fun to to get a rematch in in back-to-back years and hopefully the Eagles uh with a competent defensive coordinator uh can help get the job done um but yeah there it is that's our uh our full-on NFL season preview and uh let us know in the YouTube comment section your uh predictions your thoughts and uh everything else and uh let's let's hope that we have uh these things come true because that would be a lot of fun if we're right. It's always good to be right. Um, last bit here. Uh, it's brought to you by Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Go to TomahawkShades.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play uh, and check out all their sunglasses, blue light glasses, and prescription lenses. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Some quick hitters here, Matt. Uh, Danny Green back in the building. We are just bringing back the ancient ones. Let's, uh, you know, let, let's actually just trade James Harden to Brooklyn, get Ben Simmons back, and one last hurrah with the with the boys on the way out. We need the Eagles to have a deep playoff run because I can't. <laughs> we need the Phillies to be back in the fucking World Series. I just, I can't, I can't spend January watching this team. I need, I need something else. Something better with my life. The fact that that was just like an 11 p.m. like, hey, Danny Green's back sucks honestly was was that more danny green <laughs> is going to be on the sixers or did danny green enjoy uh the 
partnership contract that he potentially has with NBC Sports Philadelphia for his podcast. I just, honestly, it is this Adam Thielen moment, you know, where it's like the dude's the dude's doing uh, commentary talk at the combine, and you want me to take him serious? You want me to expect that he's really going to make an impact? Okay, we'll have this. We'll pretend. That's what we'll do. We'll pretend. Come on, Jesus Christ. Uh, Nick Nurse was on the Pat Bev pod. I just, I, what am I supposed to do with any of this? Nick what Nurse is, also threw out a first pitch and did the Kimbrel pandering. That was cool. He uh, Respect that. He said on the Pat Bev pod that uh, when the Raptors won in 2019, the Cubs asked him to come throw the first pitch. I'm not sure what his full-on connection is to Chicago. Um, but when... He did that. Kimbrel was pitching for the Cubs, and everybody was like, "Oh, you got to do the Kimbrel," and he didn't do it. Um, so then, when he came here and realized Kimbrel was playing for the Phillies, he uh, made up for not doing the the Kimbrel pose on the mound and did it's it from Carroll, Iowa. That might be just might be the con- you might just have close enough. Yeah, close enough to uh, to University of Northern Iowa. He's point guard there, number four. Hell yeah, brother. Um, but yeah, so we, we got the, the clarification on why he did the Kimbrel. Would you uh, like to know his, uh, his first player coach role, Nick Nurse, for the Derby Rams in the British Basketball League in 1990, 1991? <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> he spent a lot of time in England, actually. Yeah. I did. I did not know that about Nick Nurse. He was a uh, like in his early career was like an England guy. Interesting. I think that's also part of his connection to Pat Bev when he got uh like when Patrick Beverly was playing overseas and got like recruited to come play, uh, and was playing in the D League. Nick Nurse was his coach, so they had huh. like a relationship there. Um. So yeah, Nick Nurse on the Pat Bev pot shout out to Roan. Um. And then uh, the union, unfortunately, lost. Hold on. He's doctor nurse, by the way. Did not know this. Hey, oh. He's uh, graduated from Concordia University of Chicago with a PhD in sports leadership in May of 2022. This dude was getting a PhD while coaching an NBA team. No wonder the Raptors <laughs> sucked the last few years. <laughs> Got on lady. And Nurse is a big fan of the musician Prince, and it was the master of ceremonies at a performance by the new power generation in Toronto in July of 2022. That feels like a random thing. To f- I know sometimes. Okay, so he's a lifelong Chicago Cubs fan. Okay. And was a guest conductor of the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley Field in 2019. Singing, taking me out to the ball game. Dr. Oh, Nurse. dude, connection to the show. Holy shit. On June 20th, 2019, Nurse joined Hamilton-based rock band Arkells. At yep. their sold-out Toronto I remember this. To perform a cover Steve Wonder's hit song, Sign Sealed Delivered, I'm Yours, on guitar. Wow. I remember that. I um, I have a video of that. I also did not know one of his sons is named Rocky. How has he not thrown that in? I mean, come on. Yeah, he wore the, the Arkells jacket and everything out on stage. This was, like, right after the Raptors won the, uh, the NBA title. That's pretty, uh, that is pretty wild to me. (laughs) 
He's like a super talented musician too. That's pretty what, wild. Uh, arena this was. Oh yeah, it was the Budweiser stage in Toronto. So like, who knew that Nick Nurse was uh I mean he's cooler than Doc. Give him that. Yes. <laughs> and like he's like actually shreds. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I left this out of the NFL take and it just reminded me because I said <laughs> Doc Rivers. I had this I had this brain blast and I uh, I forgot to bring it up. Do you, would you like me to tell you who the Doc Rivers of the NFL is? Ooh, we know who the Ben Simmons is. It's obviously Kyler Murray. Who is the Doc Rivers of the NFL? Mike McCarthy. Yes. He's the Doc Rivers of the NFL. Yes. Um, gives you a good regular season. Feel nice about it. Go to the play. Choke. Sucks. Yes. Underperforms with talent all the time. Has a ring from like yep. 13, 14, 15 years ago now with an elite squad that should have won more. And that is like his calling card that he just gets to he walks in a room with an owner and like, well, he won a Super Bowl, so we got to hear him out. He's got some ideas. Wants a lot of control. Kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But also kind of funny still. To, you know, like you kind of would like to have a beer with him at Thanksgiving, but also like you know that he's busy only, on Thanksgiving. You only want to see him on Thanksgiving, you know? <laughs> like, there it is. I, I had That's that, a good I had one. that thought the other day. He was just the, uh, he's the NFL Doc Rivers. Oh, and then uh, last NFL prediction, too, that I forgot to mention. Who has the worst record in the NFL this year? Feels dumb to not say the Cardinals. I'm telling you, though, I think the Raiders could be absolutely abysmal. I, I think there's there's nothing good on that team besides Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, I, I, and Matt Crosby. That is it. <laughs> I'm telling you, that team is going to suck, and they have a hard division. The team is going to be terrible. Yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think it's a race between the Cardinals, the Rams – Buccaneers could honestly Buccaneers could be they in could that fold. Mix. They could just they could they could be one of those teams that gets to early December and like what we got three wins. What are we doing? And I think the uh I think it's gonna be a tough year for the Titans. I I just I, I just think their their floor is not low enough. I, I just they could maybe be like a five or six win team. I could not see them being the the worst team in the NFL. I just Mike Vrabel is just not that. He has way too much testosterone. Like honestly, he would. <laughs> He'll go and suit up. Honestly, he would sooner play and like probably play at a better level. As he once said, he would chop his own dick off for a Super Bowl. <laughs> fair enough. I don't agree, but fair enough if that's what you feel. <laughs> uh, last bit here. Uh, the Union they uh, they failed to to beat Toronto, but they bounced back in a big way on Sunday and beat the New York Red Bulls four one. As they do. As they typically do. Uh, with a big-time matchup on deck in a couple weeks uh, against Cincinnati at home. Yeah. Kyle Wagner with uh, three assists, a.k.a. the shut-up-and-pay-me uh, performance. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that deal done, uh, please, <laughs> I think is uh, what everyone's, everyone's mind is on now. Yeah, so you got Cincinnati, Charlotte, LAFC coming to town. Uh, and then the very next day, PLL championship game going on at Subaru Park uh, on Sunday, September 24th. Uh, and then you have FC Dallas on September 27th. And then Columbus to wrap up the month of September. And then October, it's Atlanta United, Nashville, and New England. Um, 
Union in fourth place right now, but not by much. Orlando City and New England uh, ahead by one point each. Also very funny that the uh, the standings, like the power rankings for the MLS came out, and uh, Union gained ground, they, they earned three points, and then they drop in the standings because uh, Inter-Miami just win games. Well, Inter-Miami somehow is like number two in the MLS power rankings. I'm sorry, they're still... 14th in the east like come on with like, 25 points obviously they're they're good right like we know that like it's changed team but let's come on let's, they're gonna, they might lose this coming week though Messi, uh not gonna be playing for the first time for the world cup qualifier let's just let's just let's just not get carried away with ourselves okay that's all we gotta do very funny stuff uh in the youtube comment section leave your bold nfl predictions uh we want to see what you guys are thinking about the upcoming nfl season Enjoy Thursday night football, uh, and then, of course, Sunday, Eagles. We got Eagles enemies coming out later this week with myself and Pat Pitts as we preview Eagles Patriots uh, from his perspective, uh, doing his stuff for Gillette Gazette, and obviously still working for us as well. So he's he's a little torn between his Patriots and the Eagles uh, as a company man that he is. Uh, but make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Leave a five star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow, helps more people find all of our shows at Underground Sports Philadelphia. So go subscribe. YouTube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia as well. We need to get to 600 subscribers before the end of the month. Uh, so go subscribe. We're at 540 right now. That's where you get full video episodes of every show on our network, including this one twice a week. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course, we are presented by the city of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to... Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. And be sure to get your merch at phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off and use code GOBIRDS for 20% off all Eagles merch through the season opener. This has been episode number 566 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We will catch you after the Eagles-Patriots game. For another episode, and hopefully the Eagles being 1-0. Welcome back to football season, and uh, let's go Phils. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. We are signing off. Peace.